welcome back to her podcast. I thank you for listening. I want you to know that I appreciate you today. Thank you for coming back. It's been over a month now since I posted podcasts, so I'm grateful that you thought to return. It means a lot to me. I want to start off with a little snippet, a little story about something that I saw on social media that made me laugh. It was written on a bright yellow page, so it caught my eye as I was scrolling through the feed. We all know that yellow is the most visible color. If you didn't know that, you do now. And when I saw it, it literally made me laugh out loud. It said, my husband and I have decided not to have children. We plan to tell them tonight at dinner. And I laugh at this, but how many of us actually think about an exit plan periodically throughout any day? How soon can we get rid of our kids? The answer is most of us. That's our reality. And that's part of parenting. That part hasn't changed. From generation to generation, the basics remain the same. Our application and approach to parenting might be very different than it was for our parents or our grandparents. But the fundamentals are static. The majority of us cannot wait to get pregnant. Some of us have a hard time with that. I know. And so we seek assistance with fertility or yet alternatively adoption. And for those people, we pray. But for the majority of us, the majority of everyone, it's ingrained in us from a very young age to want to have children in our adult life. We are conditioned. We are subliminally primed to prepare ourselves for parenting. We go to school to prepare ourselves for the world with a career as an adult, and then we prepare for marriage. And then after that, we do what we can to achieve that somewhat carnal desire of becoming a mommy or a daddy. And then, praise be, eventually, most of us get them. Children come to us, either naturally or by other means, and we embrace it. We then naturally enter into a euphoric phase of parenting whereby everything is wonderful. It's lovely. The cries are wonderful. The constant need to be held is fantastic. The diapering and nursing is great. The poop is just lovely. It's all wonderful until it isn't anymore. Until we start to get tired. Until we realize that this is harder than we thought. Until we aren't certain anymore why we wanted this. Until we teach them to speak and the little turds start to ask questions. What time is it? When's dinner? How much further is it to grandma's house? Where do babies come from? 
Can I just not go to school today? Will you drive me to the mall? Can I take the car tonight? Can I have 40 people at my birthday party? Will you boot my beer for the party this weekend? Is it okay if my boyfriend sleeps over? They need to ask the questions. And we need to answer them. We shouldn't be frustrated by questions that they need to ask. That's how they learn. But we are. We get tired. We spread ourselves too thin, doing too many things, pleasing too many people. And then we don't have enough gas left in our tanks for our children. That's the bottom line. And if we don't answer them, they might look to a less trustworthy source for their information. And none of us want that. Nobody wants their babies going to crack max for answers or looking to online chat rooms for that matter. So we do our best to source the answers that will provide them the information that they need to move into the future as informed adults. But what if we give them the wrong info? What if we don't answer in a way that's edifying and educational? What if we mislead them? It's possible. I mean, what if, let's just say, what if your parents gave you bad information and now you're just regurgitating that same stuff to your kids? What if you're a reporter of fake news? I mean, come on now, stranger things have happened. Am I right? So what can we do? What should we do? What should we do to ensure that we have the most up-to-date resources possible? Well, we need to read. We need to ask questions of ourselves. We need to find resources. Listen to podcasts. Watch online videos. Talk to your friends and colleagues. We need to use the social media platforms that our kids use. Make silly TikToks. Have an Instagram account. Use Snapchat, even if you think it's ridiculous. Research how and why each platform was developed and by whom. What are their annual sales revenues? How do they drive revenue and how much do their top accounts make from influencer campaigns? Why? Why do you ask? Because knowledge is power and sharing knowledge with your children about something that they understand empowers you. Think about that. In their eyes, suddenly, you become a person of value. Suddenly, you're not just making dinner and doing laundry and taxiing them around. You're a source of information that they believe they can rely on. Once you gain their trust, they'll likely start asking about other things. Hopefully, you might be prepared. Kids and teens will ask about a plethora of 
of different subjects, many of which can catch us off guard. They're shifty little buggers, sly and devious at times, but they're looking for answers. I would wholeheartedly encourage you to invite them to talk to you. It's important that they're comfortable with interaction so that when big stuff comes up, they come to you rather than looking to someone else. Those talks about sex and drug use, shoplifting, bullying, human trafficking, teenage pregnancy and abortion, you know, dinner, ta dinner time discussions, stuff that kids want to ask about, need to ask about, and want to come to you about. Stuff that they need to really know about. That old saying that children should be seen and not heard is a crock, plain and simple. It's outdated, it's misinformed, and frankly, it's just plain offensive. At least I think so. Children have the ability to teach us about ourselves. We can learn a great deal by listening to those who came after us. The more we are receptive to it, the more we can learn. Keeping the lines of communication open is the first step to preparing the next generation of leaders for the future. We should encourage them to listen, and then we should provoke them to share their knowledge with us. We can prepare better for them to lead us into the future if we provide them with the tools we know that they need for success. Yes, absolutely. Their toolboxes are going to be very different than yours was or mine was. It will look very different than my mother's did or your mother's. That's the thing about life on earth. It's constantly changing. Welcome to 2020, right? I mean, our world is vastly different than it was just nine months ago. I didn't get a cell phone until I was in my 30s. My youngest, however, had one when she was just 11. She is by far the most elaborately trained IT person in our household. I'm not asking you to judge me here. I'm simply making a statement about the evolution of electronic devices, how we use them, and the manifestation of power that occurs because of them. She has a skill that I do not. My husband doesn't have it. We can, however, know little bits about things like the platforms that she uses to show her that we understand her generation if only a little bit. And how does this apply to my 50 things? Well, listen here. Part of my journey, part of the 50 things that I decided to do was to share myself with my children. One of my challenges or experiences was to expose my secrets, parts of myself, the parts of myself that I've kept hidden the dark and nifty parts, the soft and supple sides. I think that my children can likely learn to be better parents themselves by my sharing in my mistakes and my challenges 
and my triumphs. To be stoic and reserved is, in my opinion, a trait or characteristic that is so outdated, I just don't want to do it. What benefit would I be to them if I kept all of my goodies to myself? How would I be benefiting you if I keep all of my goodies to myself? So rather than offing my kiddos to someone else, or maybe selling them on the black market, my husband and I decided that we should keep them after all and enjoy them. And I'm going to share with them everything that I can so that they know the person that I've become is one that I'm immensely proud of. That's all for today. I could ramble for hours, but no one actually wants that. Not me, not my husband, not you, and probably not your husband. Thank you, though, for checking in. Thank you for taking a moment to listen. And if you haven't already done so, check out my website, www.sandradosdahl.net. And peruse older podcasts. And purchase a copy of her and her too. Read about the journey of a young reincarnate as she finds her way in our world. Praying for all of mankind along her way on her mission to fulfill God's plan for a new world. Thank you, lovelies. May peace be with you.